Welcome to the Triangle Gardener Magazine Podcast. We're your guide to enjoyable gardening in North Carolina. Today we begin our series on where plants come from with our first episode, Trademarking Trees. I'm your host, Dan Mason. But it's, it's pretty common in the horticultural industry now that a plant gets not only trademarked, but it also gets plant patented. But first, a word from Jenkins, Wilson, Taylor, and Hunt, who made this story possible. Located in the Research Triangle area of North Carolina, Jenkins, Wilson, Taylor, and Hunt is an intellectual property law firm that focuses on providing patent and trademark legal services to corporations and research universities worldwide. You can find out more about the firm at their website, jwth.com. You can find more of our stories on our website, trianglegardener.com. Keep up with us on Twitter, too. Our handle is at Triangle Garden. Now, on with today's story. I'm tempted by new plants. Those lists of hot new plants or articles entitled Top 10 Plants for Your Garden always get me wondering, can I find us another little spot in my garden to try out something new? The horticulture industry relies on people like me. But it got me wondering, where do all these new plants come from anyhow? And how do they decide what's going to be next year's big seller? I talked to one of the top plant breeders at NC State University. He's making some of those new plants that I just have to have. My name is Denny Werner, and I am a uh, professor in the horticultural science department. I have uh, been in the department since 1979. Dr. Warner leads a breeding project that's introduced popular new varieties of budlia and redbud trees into the market. His team uses classic plant breeding techniques. They look for plants with desirable traits and crossbreed those plants together. Then they sift through the resulting progeny and screen for the desired traits. This process may go through multiple generations to achieve the perfect plant. It's labor and time intensive, especially when you're working with trees. And I had to ask, what motivates them to tackle such long-term projects? Yeah, that's, that's a good question, actually. And if, if you think of redbud, that's a particularly relevant question because before I started breeding redbuds by making controlled crosses and hybridizations, if one looked at the repertoire of cultivars of redbud that were in the trade prior to the late 1990s, I think in every case, every variety of redbud that was in the trade was found as a chance seedling, either in a nursery setting or out in the wild. So I always like to say that Mother Nature is the best plant breeder because there's always variation out there that uh, arises. And if people observe that variation, uh, they can release a variety based on just selection from the wild or from a nursery setting. While we talked about many of the different plants he had worked on, Dr. Warner explained how he and his research associate, Lane Snelling, had developed the popular Ruby Falls redbud tree. Perhaps a better example might be the, the Weeping Purple variety that we released called Ruby Falls, which has been in the trade now for about four years. Ruby Falls is a cross of a variety called Lavender Twist, which is a green leaf weeping form, cross to Forest Pansy, which is the purple leaf non-weeping form. And Lane and I both thought that uh, developing a purple leaf weeping form would be desirable and that would, we thought would resonate with the industry and with the homeowners. 
so that cross was made back in the late 1990s. Uh, we had the, we recovered the F1 trees from that cross. When we say F1, we're referring to the progeny that result from that original cross. We took those 23 F1s in that case, 23 individual trees, took those to the Sandhills Research Station, and we grew those in isolation. It took three, I think about almost four years until they flowered and we got the F2 seed. So the F2 seed is the seed that's produced on the F1 trees. We then grew out those F2 populations and selected for the purple leaf weeping forms that segregated out in those families. And we ended up with about 45 purple weeping trees. And then it was just a matter of winnowing those 45 down to about four selections that we thought were the best out of that family. I was talking to Dr. Werner in a greenhouse on the NC State campus. It's a big operation. There's lots of buildings. Students, technicians, and faculty were all busy working on plants I recognized and some I didn't. Ruby Falls was released as a trademarked and patented plant, and some of that revenue goes back to the university to help continue this research. I knew that the university often protects plants that the faculty invent, and I asked Dr. Werner to explain why. TM stands for trademark, or in the case you'll see uh, uh, TM with an, an a R next to it, that's registered trademark. Essentially what that means is that that particular plant, that particular variety, not only has a variety or what we call more properly a cultivar name in horticulture, it not only has a cultivar name, but it has a trademark name. And there are a number of reasons in the trade that people assign both a cultivar name and a trademark name to a plant. I don't particularly agree with it, uh, and it would, take a, it would take a long time to explain the reasons why people trademark a plant uh, or choose not to trademark a plant but it's, it's pretty common in the horticultural industry now that a plant gets not only trademarked, but it also gets plant patented. So just like any other intellectual property, plants can be patented like any other uh, invention uh, in this country. So there's two ways of protecting a plant. One can plant patent it, and one can also assign a trademark name. A plant patent protects the plant, a trademark protects the name of the plant. Does that mean that, if I can find that plant out in the, out in the industry, <coughs> does some of that revenue go back to the university? Does the university benefit from their work? Yes, uh, the university does benefit from my work and from the work of all the plant breeders here at NC State. If we patent a plant, or in the case of seed propagated plants, for example, peanuts and barley and grain crops and crop science, they go through a process called plant variety protection. It's, a, it's similar to plant patenting, but a little bit differently, a little bit different. But in the end, a patented plant generally generates royalties. So NC State contracts out with a licensee who's, who is then responsible for marketing propagating and marketing that plant in the industry. The agreements generally stipulate that for every plant that is sold, a royalty is collected on that plant by the licensee, and that royalty comes back to North Carolina State University. And then, of course, that royalty is then disseminated to different entities 
in the College of Agri Life Sciences and even outside the College of Agri Life Sciences. And some of that revenue does come back to the plant breeding program that actually generated that plant. So royalties actually are important in the sense that it generates revenue that comes back to the program that allows that program to keep developing new plants for the future. As a plant breeder, do you ever look, step back and go, okay, you know, these are the kinds of plants that people might want in their gardens in a few years? You know, we're, we're maybe mm. having older, older gardeners, we want smaller gardens, mm. you know, do you all mm. look at sort of society mm. trends? Yeah. I don't too much. You know, there's lots of prognosticators out there in the horticultural industry trying to predict what is going to be in demand five years from now? What is the millennial generation going to like on their patio or in their landscape now or 10 years from now? I tend not to pay too much attention to that because it often becomes a distraction. Um, I, I guess just at the base level, I ask myself, would somebody want to plant this in their garden or on their patio? And I, I guess I continually hear that homes are getting, backyards are getting smaller, homes are getting smaller, people want smaller plants, and perhaps I've responded to that a little bit, but I wouldn't say that it's a driving force in what I do, because I'm not only breeding plants for North Carolina or for the Southeast or for the U.S., but plants, of course, good plants have an international reach now, too. Ruby Falls is in Israel, Ruby Falls is in Japan, Ruby Falls will be in Australia pretty soon. So what their population is going to want to have in their garden 10 years from now, I have no idea. So in a sense, I just, I like to put good plants out in the marketplace. And I guess in a way it's, it's you hope that they behave well, just like your children when, you, when they graduate from high school and you send them to college. You hope they perform well and you hope they behave themselves. I hope my plants do the same things. I hope they perform well in the garden centers and I hope no liabilities arise that I did not perceive that might limit their utility in the landscape. So it's a, releasing a plant from a breeding program is a little bit like sending your kids off to college. You just don't really know how it's going to work out, <laughs> but you hope it works out well. And I don't respond too much to the predictions of what the horticultural industry will be 5, 10, 15 years from now. It's always hard to assess that. And we're working in such long... Plant breeders are working in a long-term time frame, and what might be true now may not be true 15 years from now. So, and we can't turn around on a dime. It's not like I can shift gears midway and say, oh, I need to develop this. Well, it's gonna take, it takes 10 years to shift gears and start to develop new plants if you change your priorities and if you change your goals. Uh, it's, it's a long-term business, and you have to think long-term. So you mentioned children, mm -hmm. and, and I want to ask you a question. It's sort of like asking you to pick your favorite child. Mm -hmm. Which is your favorite plant that you've developed? That is a difficult question. Um, I, I really enjoy Ruby Falls. I, I think uh, I'm very heartened at the success of Ruby Falls. I, I, I think Ruby Falls is a beautiful landscape tree. Um, no, I've really never heard of any concerns or criticisms about it from the industry or from people who grow it. Um, 
But on the other hand, it may not be my favorite tree two years from now because I have a greenhouse full of new selections in here that are pretty exciting, actually, very, very exciting. And that, you know, that may change my perspectives here in a few years. You mentioned the plants that we're looking at here in this greenhouse. Can you talk to me a little bit about that, or are they super secret? Um, they are. They are relatively super secret. Uh, of course, we have to be concerned about, as plant breeders, we have to be concerned about revealing too much about what we have in the developmental stage or the selection stage. I will just say that we're trying to develop new forms that have unique color combinations that we've never seen before in redbud to hopefully develop a redbud that, that for the entire growing season looks like it has fall color. Okay, pretty re remarkable new color combinations. Uh, we're still trying to develop uh, weeping forms and different color combinations. Besides the purple weeper that we have, we're trying to develop other color combinations and weeping. Dr. Werner's super secretaries are pretty amazing. I've never seen anything like them, and now I can't wait to get my hands on one. Our conversation made me realize what a long, complex, and costly process it is to bring a new plant to the market. It gives me an appreciation for newly released plants. They may have been decades in the making, and somehow that makes me want them all the more. I'm Lise Jenkins. This is the Triangle Gardener. We're your guide to enjoyable gardening in North Carolina. You can find this and past episodes of our podcast at the Triangle Gardener's website, trianglegardener.com.